This is the Honest CEO Show, hosted by the Honest CEO, Caroline Kennedy. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and motivated by the honest stories from passionate, extraordinary business people who share their ups and downs and their learnings on the journey to building success in business. Welcome, and my guest today is Christine Kaur, a long career in marketing and product management for food manufacturing and publishing companies, was the spark for Christine to launch her business, Chorus Executive. Chorus Executive is a talent management company specializing in the recruitment, coaching, and personal branding of sales, marketing, and communications professionals. Christine is also the author of Hire Love, How to Hire Passionate People to Make Great Profit. Christine is the 2004 winner of the Women's Chief of Enterprise International Award and last year was a Telstra Business Women's Award finalist. Welcome Christine and congratulations on your achievement to date. Thanks so much, Caroline. Now, Christine, you're a published author. Tell me about your book. So my book is called Hire Love, um, How to Hire Passionate People to Make Greater Profit. And it's based on our philosophy and my philosophy. And that is that if you love what you do, um, you are much more profitable in life. And that doesn't mean just money, of course. You know, that means, you know, your quality of life is better. You're happier. Your business is more successful. You feel that you're more accomplished at the day. When you finish the day, you go home and you're a better husband, wife, daughter, friend, mother, child. Um, and I do believe that, you know, when you love what you do, then it doesn't feel like hard work. And when employers can hire people who love what they do, they have more successful businesses and they also have a lot more fun. Absolutely. And I think that when uh, employees go to work every day and they're passionate about what they do, they contribute a lot more because they really buy into the the mission or the vision for the business as well. And, and they really own that, don't they? Absolutely. It's about releasing a, that discretionary effort. So instead of waiting for five o'clock to come so people can pack up and go, you know, whether they leave at five o'clock or not is irrelevant, but, you know, they're walking home, they're on the train home, they're thinking, they're cooking, they're doing all sorts of different things and different ideas pop into their head because they actually care about what they're going to do, you know, the next day. Yeah, absolutely. And so if, and I've got a copy of your book, which I'm looking forward to reading, um, yeah. but can we perhaps give an overview for our listeners um, about the book and, and, why they should read it? What 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 are they going to get out of it? Okie dokie. So we based the book on our our recruitment methodology. So we have adapted the coaching methodology Grow, uh, and we've um, created our own recruitment methodology out of that. And Grow stands for goals. Yeah, yeah. And goals are what other companies values, culture, objectives, purpose. Yep. It's about research and reality, so really understanding, you know, what's required. It's about considering options as the O. And finally, W is win-win. <laughs> so what we do is when we take a brief from a client or an employer, we go through that methodology and we ask them all those questions. What are your goals? What are your values? What are your purpose? What are you really looking for? And we also put the mirror up to them to say, well, maybe, you know, what you're looking for is not realistic. We discuss options with them and then we discuss the win-win. 
when we interview our candidates, we go through exactly the same thing. So we talk to them about, you know, what's important to them? What are their goals for the future? What do they want for their career? What's the research and reality on them? You know, what can they do? What have they done? You know, is it realistic? What are their options? And also, you know, win-win, what's in it for them? When these two things, parts match, that's when we create the magic. And I guess the overriding philosophy is that if you have aligned goals and aligned purpose and you're working towards those same goals, then that's a match. Absolutely. When, when the goals are not aligned, that's when you get conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's an easy book to read. You know, yes, we do have some statistics um, and research, of course, and it is based on the last 15 years of, of my experience where I've interviewed, you know, tens of thousands of um, candidates and I've worked with, you know, hundreds of employers. But I think the feedback that I'm getting, and which is very much my style, is, you know, I'll give you real examples. Of course, I don't tell you the names, but I do give real examples of situations that we've been in that that highlight, you know, what we're trying to, sh to show you. Yeah. And teach you. Yeah. And I've always believed um, in my experience in business and particularly in corporate businesses that you employ first and foremost um, based on the cultural fit, the values, um, you know, attitude is everything and the skill and the experience are secondary to that. And I suppose that's what, what I'm hearing, that, that your specialty is really aligning um, the candidate with the actual business and the business's goals and objectives, et cetera, and values too. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think one is no more or less important than the other. Both are critical. Yeah. So you need to have the right skills and, you know, some of the experience and, and ca capacity and competency to do the role, but also you need to have that desire and I guess we talk about here having, you know, skill without will. If you've got all the experience, all the credentials, you know, all the tick in the box things that you've done, but you actually don't want to do it, you're not going to be great at that job. Um, and I guess, you know, why I, I have written this book to highlight all of this is because with technology nowadays, we're so much more focused on past experience and skills yeah. rather than who the people are. And I just want to highlight that they are as important uh, and need to be considered through the recruitment process. Absolutely. And I know that when we caught up recently, we had a chat about the, the will. And, and, you yeah. know, you were talking to me about your kids. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so tell that story because I think that's quite an interesting story. Yeah, and it's really simple. Everybody understands it when I tell the story. So, as I said, skill without will is totally useless. So... I know that my children at 8 and 11 absolutely know how to clean their bedroom, mm. how to make their bed and how to stack the dishwasher. But they actually have no will or no desire to do any of that. And so that's where I say skill without will is absolutely useless. Now, until I find, you know, the, the purpose for them to do it, the desire, that motivation, they don't do it. And sometimes that motivation is, you know, clean your room and do the dishes and we'll go bowling. Sometimes it's pocket money. Sometimes it's, it's, it's you know, we'll sit down, we'll, do, we'll play a game as a, as a family. Yeah. But it's about understanding they've got the skill, they didn't have the will, and then I, had, I have to find at different times what are the motivation points that will encourage them to complete or influence that action. Yeah. And that's what employers need to do. And it is not one size fits all, you know, 
today. It, it could be because my, you know, someone wants to buy a new Rubik's cube. It could be about money. Next week, when he's got that Rubik's cube, it won't be about money anymore. It might be about mum. I want, I want you and I to sit down and and play a game of cards. You know, so yeah. then I have to say, okay, well, to play a game of cards, the house needs to be clean, so you need to help me, and then we can do that. So it's about adjusting those motivation points um, and reward to suit the situation and obviously to suit different individuals. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it seems like you've mastered that with your uh, children. It's something that I might give a go with my little six-year-old. <laughs> uh, well, you know, <clears throat> I'm only going to tell you the good stuff, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the bit where I had to scream at the top, you know, today to get their lunch done. But that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> so, Christine, what motivates you in business? What gets you out of bed every day? Um, what? Well, what gets me out of bed every day is the same thing that gets everybody out of bed every day, I think, and that's wanting to do something good for the world and to feel that I've added value and made a difference yeah. in whatever that form may be. Now, for me, that particular form is um, I always want to know, I want to know that everybody I meet and everybody I speak to has left with something more than they've come with, whether that's some sort of information or insight or a feeling, um, even if I've just made them laugh, that they've left more than, with more than they've come with is what I um, ultimately want to do. In my work, it's about um, inspiring growth. So the vision of Chorus Executive is to inspire growth, and that's whether it's an organisation, a team, an individual's career or an individual. So we're here to enable people to self-actualise and be the best that they can be. And that means growing the best team, you know, finding the right people, means helping them coach them into the career that they want. Um, it means, you know, being the rec recruitment people that, you know, facilitate the connection or it might be about their personal branding. So making them sure that they stand out um, online to be able to attract those, attract th those opportunities. Yeah. Well, you certainly are very passionate about what you do and that's what I love about you. Um, Thank you. Because it's just infectious, you know. <laughs> but I've got to say, though, I wasn't always. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the key things. So I've been in recruitment now for 15 years, or nearly 16 years. For the first year, eight years, I loved it. Um, I grew the business. I, you know, I had offices in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. But about four or five years ago, I really was not in a, I was in a rush. I was not in a good place and it took all, a lot of strength, um, a lot of uh, looking at myself in the mirror, a lot of support from, you know, business partners and, you know, my, my husband and so forth to actually make a significant break. And I did do that. Yeah. Um, I broke away from a national business and I restarted and I guess my, if I could have one takeout, if, if everybody, um, to anybody listening, is that, you know, if you're not happy in what you're doing day to day in your job, it is such a big part of your life, find another solution. Yeah. Because it, it's just not worth, it's not worth it. And again, that's a whole context of, you know, being in love, you know, higher love um, and loving what you do because it's a, it's a drudgery actually turning up every day, not liking what you're doing or where you're what you know or where you're doing it yeah um and it does take bravery but it's always worth it in the end yep you know I, I have um talked to my teams about that over the years because I firmly believe we're the master of our own destiny if you don't like mm -hmm. something change it because nobody else is going to do it for you 
you're That's not, right. you, you need to take that step. So I completely agree with that. Now, last year you travelled to Necker Island with Business Chicks. What an opportunity that would have been. Tell me about that. Oh, it was amazing. Absolutely incredible. Um, I suppose the island itself is an incredible place. Having the opportunity to, to meet Richard Branson and just, you know, see what he has done. But um, I think there, there's two other parts of that that are, that are much more significant. Uh, the first one was was the other speakers. We didn't realise the other speakers that were going to be there. Yeah. And we had the opportunity to speak to, to incredible, incredible people about what they've done. So, you know, Jane and Ray Werwin, who started Dermalogica, Matt Mellenweg, who um, is started founder of WordPress, um, and my favourite is Gabby Giffords, who was the um, US politician that actually got shot in the head on television oh. um, and is now a gun, um, anti-gun lobbyist. Yep. And she's the most amazing, amazing woman. Um, and plus her husband is no shrinking violet either as being a um, one of the rare astronauts that's been in the air um, more than four times. Oh, wow. But, <laughs> yeah, but apart from that, I think what was most incredible were the, the women that I went with. So you've got 20-odd women, um, you know, plus some men uh, who went on this island who are just so aligned in values um, and purpose and what they want to achieve for their businesses, for their families, for their world. Um, and it was great to learn off them. And sometimes, again, another takeout is that it's not always the people in the media um, or that are celebrated that you can learn from. You know, I think I learned as much, if not more, from sitting around the pool and having a chat um, and really delving deep into who people are and what they do as much as I learned as, you know, from Jane Wilburn, who's built a billion-dollar business. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, listen to people around you because, you know, people are incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I always say surround yourself with the people on the same journey as you um, because you can get a lot out of that. You can really learn and develop from listening and to people's stories and their experiences and and that can really motivate you as well, you know. So I can imagine it would have been a fantastic opportunity um, and one that you thoroughly enjoyed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, you were a Telstra Businesswoman's Awards finalist last year. Congratulations. What an achievement. And to you too, Oh, Ms. thank Caroline. you. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did you learn about yourself during that experience? What did I learn about myself? Um, uh, um, I learned that it is very hard to... Tell people about your achievements. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, I'm so busy doing what I'm doing and, you know, my life is very full and very busy and things and then, you know, achievements come because I work hard and, you know, I have good people around me and, you know, we've got a clear strategy and all those sort of things. And it's really hard, I think, to sit there and then present yourself to a panel to tell people how how great you are. Yes. Um, I think the learning out of that was, oh, my God, I have actually done some really good things. <laughs> and I think sometimes we forget to stop and, and smell the roses, so to speak, you know, and we are so often told what we're not doing right. Yeah. So, you know, 
business performance isn't there or somebody has a complaint or the kids say, you know, your dinner wasn't so good last night, mum, or whatever it is. You know, people are much more, it's easier to tell, give negative feedback than these positive. Um, so I think for me to actually stop, have to present myself and then really think about what my achievements have been and where I've come from, um, I think that was a really good learning. And what that took for me was to stop being so hard on yourself, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate success. Celebrate yes. it. Yes. These are all things not everyone's going to be listening going, oh, well, we know that. There's 10,000 books about stop and you know, smell the roses and celebrate success and don't be so hard and you know, blah, 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 blah. But we actually just don't do it. No, and particularly women, I think, because we are so busy and consumed with, you know, our work, our businesses, um, our families. And, you know, because going through that whole experience for me as well is I got uh, – the same thing out of it the reflection the reflection on what I'd actually achieved um Mm. and the the recognition of that and the celebration of that and the celebration of the amazing women out there doing amazing things um incredible and and we just we do we just tend to get on with it we we're busy we're just getting things done and and uh, the awards allow you that time to reflect um which is really important Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely it is. Yeah. Now, we're going to finish off um, and my last question for you is what are your top three lessons you've learnt in business? Ooh. Um, so running my own business, the top things I have learnt are um, you've got to trust the people around you absolutely and you need to love your team because come good or bad if you trust and love your team and they trust and love you you will get through anything yeah so number one yeah. number two know your numbers and love your banker <laughs> because you need to again through good and bad um you need to have a finger on your pulse of your financial situation um and you need to have a great relationship with your banker in cases of need. And, you know, whether that's to how to invest your money or whether you need more money for growth, mm-hmm. you need to love your banker. Yeah. Uh, and the third thing is if you're a leader in your business, if you don't love what you do the majority of the time, and look, I'm not unrealistic. There are days where I don't, you know, I don't love what I do. Um, there's sometimes periods when you're not feeling so well or, you know, you're having a difficult time at home or through other, some other part of your life that you're not your A, you know, you're not on your A game. But fundamentally, if you don't love what you're doing and we're doing it for 75% of the time, at least, you are, you, you're one of those toxic people in your business and your business will never thrive being that. And I saw that firsthand in the last two years of the partnership where I had the national business, I was not my A game Mm. and my business suffered for that. Mm. Um, And it took me, you know, running away to Uganda with the hunger project to really change all of that and break away and recreate chorus executive. And, you know, in the last three years, you know, you've highlighted my achievements, you know, Telstra women business, written a book, gone to NECA, um, went to Amazon to launch my book with Naomi Simpson. You know, I did a whole lot of different things yeah. that I never would have been able to do if I'd stayed in that environment. Other business. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
absolutely. And I think as business owners or business leaders, we have a responsibility to our teams as well to be the leader that they deserve and that they need um, to lead them in the right direction. And and if you don't know what that direction is, well, they certainly not going to, are they? That's right. That's right. And look, you know, I always think of that, you know, when you get onto a flight and that you have the um, the safety video and they say, if anything happens, put the mask over yourself first and then look, help others. Yeah. And I think as business owners, we need to do that. We really need to look after ourselves because we are the head at the, at the head of the business. People are looking to us for their leadership. You know, to lead them and to inspire them. And if we are not on our A game the majority of the time, how can we create an A-grade business? Yeah. It's just not possible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Christine. I really appreciate it. You are very, very welcome.